So hello to everyone. This is Anita. I'm policy officer at EDSO and your host for today, the 13th episode of our policy podcast. Our discussion today will be about the ins and outs of digital twins. And we will look at it in terms of prosumers and their interactions with grid operators. I welcome as our guest today, Laurent Schmidt, who is Head of Utilities and European Developments at Decibel, President at Digital for Grids and Board Member of SmartN. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Anita, and thanks for uh, the invitation. Before we start our discussion, let me set the scene. The ongoing energy transition is bringing new difficulties when it comes to balancing customer satisfaction and the new consumption patterns. So we have prosumers and that changes their behavior patterns. Grid operators are very asset centric and as such, they need to manage the asset base to balance their costs, their risks and also their performance. So this new challenges grid operators are facing because of the change in consumption patterns, have the consequence that a traditional way of managing assets is not sufficient anymore. Talking about challenges, the biggest challenge for distribution system operators is the age of the existing infrastructure and assets in general. In Europe, the networks that are currently being operated are over 50 years old. They were built in the 1960s or 1970s. And that requires more extensive maintenance and replacement investment. At the same time, we are moving towards renewable energies. And that means also, as I just mentioned before, that customers are getting more and more active and they are producing their own energy. They are becoming prosumers and this is putting additional load on the grids. To face this particular challenge, also others, but in particular this challenge, and that's what we're going to talk about today, DSOs need to use the advantage of technology because technology will help to manage the assets more efficiently, to build network extensions and to develop renewable energy strategies that are more efficient and ultimately up to speed with the needed pace of the energy transition. Now, coming back to our topic of digital twin technology, this has been particularly interesting for DSOs with regard to the challenges I was just describing. Laurent, let's kick off with a short introduction from your side, and then we jump into our questions. Yes, I'm now an old veteran into the uh, energy industry. I've been working in the energy industry for 25 years. Uh, the first 20 years of my career in the technology side, ending up being the uh, head of the smart grids activity for Alstom grids and G-grid solutions and then moved towards the regulatory side with uh, becoming the secretary general for NSOE. And that's where also I realized the importance of the consumer interface into the grids. And I decided to switch back to the technology industry for two years, joining uh, Decibel, uh, who has been originally formed from Canada and which expanded its activity in Europe, where I became the CEO of Decibel. But also uh, uh, developing parallel consulting activities through digital for grids to uh, support uh, TSOs and DSOs to evolve their grid control room uh, environments to be able to better integrate consumer interface. So for sure, digital twin is at the center of what I've been doing in the past, but also what's happening with the uh, prosumer integration. 
and uh, I hope we'll be able to go through various uh, elements of these new developments. Excellent. My first question is quite straightforward, but maybe not that easy. Could you give us your definition or a definition of digital twin technology? I think the original word was introduced around 10 years ago by GE when I was uh, working there. And uh, it was actually thought as mirror of what was happening in the Internet space with development of communities and technology like the GAFAs, Facebooks and others, where this Internet platform were starting to build digital simulation of consumer behaviors. At that time, I think what was realized is the very similar approach could be developed not in the Internet industry, but more traditional uh, sectors like energy or manufacturing and so on. And it's not one digital twin, but it's actually thousands of digital twins, which are calculated simulations of behaviors of various elements of the grid system. So this could be related to transformer, this could be related to wires, but that could also be through the perspective of the interaction with the consumer and the prosumer, where the idea is to be able to offer, I would say a simulation of the behavior of a consumer owning uh, its own PV and having an electrical vehicle and consuming his electricity controllable way. In that specific case, it's about digital twinning of the prosumer interface so that we can expose that behavior with the consent of the consumer, of course, to grid operator, as an example, so that they can uh, themselves plan or even operate their grid in a way which is best optimized in view of the uh, consumer behaviors. So it's not one digital twin, it's a set of digital twins interacting with each other. And each simulation requires a different type of digital twin. So how are the digital twins then used and what challenges do they face when it comes to the smart grid? So now I'm going to, to sit into the shoes in a way of a prosumer and then trying to make the link with how this could be useful for a grid operator. So when we are looking today at a prosumer, a prosumer has his own PV, has his own electrical vehicle to charge and potentially discharge, and also has typically an heat pump and sometimes her or his own battery to be able to store the excess of a PV and use it in time where the electricity is the most expensive. So the first purpose of the digital twin into that scenario is to help consumer to define every minute of the day what is the best charging and discharging strategy of the car and battery in view of the presence of solar PV, as well as electricity tariff being the the tariff of the electricity itself or potentially the tariff of the grid, if there is a dynamic tariff on the grid. So that basically the action and decision making of the consumer is automated in view of what's happening in terms of available photovoltaics or whether uh, the car is here for charging or discharging or in case of dynamic prices, if the price is, is reaching a peak uh, period. Now, if we try to analyze what this can have as an impact to the grid operator is, of course, when you run such a simulation, you have to model the behavior of the consumer, the availability of the PV and, and so on. 
And for sure, this behavior and this model could also be looked uh, on the other side of the fence by the uh, DSOs, as an example, to observe and better interact with the same prosumer to be able to manage the congestion. Uh, so what may happen in the future is because of the very fast growth of PV and uh, EV charging, that will for sure create congestion in some periods, in which case DSOs will most likely operate flexibility market, being able to uh, provide incentive for charging or discharging, or in case of uh, emergency, uh, even potentially curtail directly. And so here we clearly see on one side there is value for digital twin from the prosumer point of view to automate and support his or her uh, real-time decision making. And in the same time, the same kind of calculation can also be of help uh, for the grid operator to anticipate the way the grid is used uh, to potentially interact dynamically in case of congestion into the uh, into the grid. So you mentioned already congestion. Is there something else you could think of why a digital twin or digital twins are an advantage for DSOs? Yes, I could take as much the um, planning angle. Uh, I think one of the uh, most complex decisions nowadays to expand uh, grids is to uh, model into the uh, grid development scenarios the amount of load or self-consumption of uh, PV, as an example. So into that scenario, a slightly different model, so a slightly different kind of digital twin could also help a grid operator to have a more accurate modeling of the load forecast so that basically the uh, amount of grid expansion is uh, accurately sized and potentially takes into account available assets onto the consumer side. So again, if I move into a prosumer model into some of these developments, so let's say I'm developing a citizen energy community and I know that in this energy community there is already a certain amount of prosumer equipped with batteries and so on. For sure, the design criteria of this community or district area is going to be different from a development where the consumer would have less flexibility option in place. Mm, yeah. So we have operational advantages, we have uh, planning advantages. What about coordinating an increasingly digitalized grid? Yeah, so here I'm going to uh, move away a bit from the consumer side and remember a bit more what was done in the past when I was uh, working with, uh, with Alstom and G in the smart grid space. We've seen really a lot of expansion of power flow calculation, state estimation calculation, basically being able to assess how the, uh, the grid flows are optimized at various voltage level into the uh, grid control home environment. And here what we saw at that time, and I think these trends become more and more important, is about observability, observability of the uh, low voltage network. And that links back to this uh, congestion question just before. Mm -hmm. So basically being able to assess in real time or as close as possible to real time, what is the amount of uh, flexibility available? Grid operator will have to expand their control home environment uh, progressively towards lower and lower voltage and as, as close as possible to their smart metering uh, grid connection interface so that they, they really have a full end-to-end -end view of these, uh, these flow 
uh, events, alarms, and, and that could go uh, as far as new dynamic load shedding schemes. As an example, we heard a lot about this growing risk of blackouts in Europe, unfortunately, because of this issue with Ukraine and shortage of gas supply. That's where DSOs will have a key role to play in being able to cascade a smarter load shedding scheme, as an example. And this simulation can really improve quality of the service to the consumer from, from the car heat pump and so on, but also help uh, the, uh, the DSOs to managing their, their day-to-day operation of their wires and, uh, and incidents and outages. You mentioned Ukraine and the invasion and we have the climate change. So we're always talking about need for speed. What do you think? Where are the digital twins providing the solution here? I think, unfortunately, what, what we see and observe is grid operators in general have hard time to cope uh, with the challenge of improving the grid on one side. I would say replacing it because it's getting old, but also expanding it extremely, uh, extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think even though it is a very obvious economical model to build grids, we hear more and more cases where it's, it's getting a long time. So that means 5, 10, 15 years sometime. And that's where I think the digital twin can help in prioritizing what are the most important uh, developments. But also when uh, some of these developments are simply not possible in a very short term, considering alternative scenarios, for instance, smart connections in the residential space, rather than asking people to wait for several years uh, before a a complex uh, reinforcement, maybe allowing into a partial uh, connection where there is a, a joint agreement between the consumer and the DSO. These are really where uh, the domain where data and digital can can help. And uh, it is complex because I think a lot of this data is owned uh, by the consumer. But I'm sure if DSOs open up, I would say, options like partial collections and so on, consumer will end up being happy doing this because they'll realize that they can either get a second EV or more PV against the limited constraint of providing more data to DSOs. Yeah. Build the trust. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I have a last question. Where do you see the biggest opportunities um, for creating added value for the customer or, as we said, prosumers? Yeah, so what we are very convinced of is the business model and economics of uh, solar PV self-consumption. Very, very strong with the impact of all this Ukraine crisis has significantly increased the the retail price of electricity. And so that means that during peaks, prices are becoming much higher. And in the same time, we introduce renewable into the same system. So what you really see is the increase of volatility uh, between low peak and high peak periods. That means that it increases financial opportunity and business model attractiveness for people being able to operate storage, to to have an electrical vehicle, and the business model is now in place. We see it as a significant growth ongoing into the solar PV space in particular. And when you link this to the grid, I think the good news is that when you are on a roof, you actually self-consume implicitly through the uh, home or the building which you have below the roof. So that means it is in a way already a a kind of a minimal implication to a grid expansion. And so I think this this kind of renewable development should really be 
accelerated and favored because they are no-brainer with benefit from consumer. And then in parallel, of course, looking at this as an option for grid operator to be able to um, leverage some of this flexibility of battery into their own uh, peak reductions. So it is really a win-win-win between consumer uh, TSOs and DSOs, and I would say the broad uh, socioeconomic welfare uh, of the entire energy systems. And with this, we come to the end of our episode. Thank you very much, Laurent. I think you gave us a very detailed insight into the intersection of prosumers, digital twins and grid operators. Thank you for the interview. Very interesting. Having said this, make sure that you follow us on Spotify or Apple Music or both. And make sure you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes of this policy podcast.